0: Alright, well good morning or afternoon or whatever time you are listening to this. My name is Tom and this is The Unpopular Truth. Uh, This week I'm going to be going over something that's probably going to make everyone mad. I'm going to be talking about contemporary Christian music. I do want to apologize. I did say that I was going to go over living a holy life. Excuse me, I can't talk. Living a holy life. However, I've had a couple uh, people ask me questions about contemporary Christian music and wanted to address it. It has been something of a hot-button topic for me. In the past, and I'm going to be honest with you, I probably do not like 99.9% of contemporary Christian music, but I hope to explain why as we go on. I don't want you to think I'm just a big old uh, fuddy-duddy stick in the mud. Um, I I think there are very biblical reasons uh, why I don't like it and why I would hope that many people are at least, at the bare minimum, doing a lot of research before they turn on the radio. Uh, as always, this is going to be my opinion. I am not a pastor. I am not a teacher or an elder. So take everything I say and compare it to Scripture. Uh, please, that should be the bare minimum of what everyone does. Uh, when you come home from Sunday at church, compare everything your pastor says. Compare everything, uh, anyone talking to you know, about spiritual things, compare that to Scripture. Right off the bat, let's say this, though. If the person singing has a heretical belief system, regardless of whatever song it is, you would probably be wise not to listen to them. And we'll go over why here in just a little bit. Um, Now, if you don't know what that person believes, do some research. Who do they often play for? Who do they open up for? Do they play at major or big churches like Bethel or Hillsong or Elevation or Lakewood? I'm going to be honest, if they play those places regularly, uh, I wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. Um, And there's reasons behind that. Um, All Christians are theologians, whether you believe it or not, whether you've been in the faith for 50 years or for uh, 50 minutes. All Christians have um, a theology about them, whether it's correct or whether it's right or whether it's biblical or whether it's wrong. Uh, that is up to you. That is something you have to decide. You have to take what you, who you believe God is, your theology, and you have to compare that to Scripture. And then you let Scripture shape your theology. You don't try to uh, shape what Scripture is telling you, but that's a that's a whole other podcast altogether. Okay, now the reason I say that is because music can vastly or very greatly influence what that theology is. Um, for example, when I was first saved, the songs that made me want to shout and, and, and you know, raise my hands and do all this stuff is the songs that talked about the truths that were in the Bible. Um, the songs that talked about what Jesus had already done, how he died on the cross and um, how he cleansed us with his blood and all this other stuff. That's the stuff that made me want to scream out uh, during praise and worship. The biblical truth in those songs had... Produced in me an emotion that that magnified and glorified what Christ had already done. Okay, and just off as as an aside to the person listening to this, if you don't know what you believe, if you don't know what you believe is right, get into a sound biblical church. And I'll put a a list or a a church finder link in the uh, show notes, so to speak, below. And feel free to click that, put in where you, where you live and uh, Lord willing, you'll be able to find a good biblical church to go to. The main takeaway from this podcast, though, is I hope your desire will be, desire will be to research on your own who you should and shouldn't be listening to. For example... Very popular in contemporary Christian music is Hillsong, and they do. They make some great songs. They uh, they play in a lot of churches, and a lot of churches even sing their songs as worship songs. But here are some facts about Hillsong. They're deeply charismatic, and while that's not alone a loan or reason to separate from them, I know um, they are big, huge into the social justice movement, uh, and that's an unbiblical teaching. I'll also put a link. In the show notes to a book by Vody Bauckham called Fault Lines, I highly recommend you read it. um, If for nothing else, so you can know what CRT and intersectionality and all of this social justice is about. It is a book that you need. So uh, go out and get it. Okay, they also teach the prosperity gospel, which is no gospel at all. If you're not familiar with what the prosperity gospel is, it's the the gospel quote, unquote, and it's not gospel. But it says that basically financial prosperity and physical well-being are always God's will. And we know that that is not true. The Bible says that that's not true. Oh, they also say that faith is a force. This is the uh, prosperity gospel again, what it is. It says that faith is a force that we can use to control God. Positive speech and donations will increase one's material wealth. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. They also teach which is popular in many prosperity churches anyway, the little God theology, which basically says that we are little gods and have the power like God to speak things into existence, which is why the positive speaking is so important. The major problem with this type of theology, though, other than it's outright heretical, is its tremendous appeal to indulge the carnality of the world, to be super worldly. And if that's not enough to make you throw away your CDs, they also deny that homosexuality is a sin and they actually affirm it. That means that they, uh, they give it the nod. They say it's okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, I would not waste any money or time with Hillsong, regardless of the songs, the beat or anything like that. But what about Tom? What about if the Hillsong, uh, what if that group sings a really fantastic rendition of Amazing Grace. Surely that is bad. See, this is where your theology and your study comes in. Do you feel right listening to them sing about Amazing Grace? Thinking about When they take the work that Christ did on the cross, and they so abuse it, and they so mock it by their beliefs and their teachings and their actions, that it's almost a joke to them. You see, grace is only amazing when we see the sin that we have, what that sin leads to, and how there is literally and utterly no hope without Jesus Christ. You see, they sing to a Jesus that doesn't exist. They sing to a uh, a celestial Santa Claus, more or less, who will grant them their every wish, a sissified Jesus who won't punish sin. They sing to a Jesus who is not revealed, who does not exist in the pages of Scripture. And while their version may be beautiful, it would surely cause, cause God to reject it as worship. And there's biblical verses that go with that. Look up Malachi 1, 6 through 14, and he goes on in that verse to say you're you're basically sacrificing the things that I've told you not to sacrifice. They're they're sacrificing, uh, for example, blind animals. They're 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 sacrificing the lame and the sick. And he's saying that it's evil. Don't do it. There's also in Leviticus. Uh, look up. Oh, who is it? Nadab and Abihu. They uh, they worshipped, but they did it in a wrong way. So there are ways we're told how we should be worshiping. We're told how we should do all this. And in so many ways, contemporary Christian music just takes and spits at that. They, um, they laugh at that. Contemporary Christian music, if you listen to it, a lot of it could be prayed. prayed? A lot of it could be played on secular radio stations, and you wouldn't know the difference. Um, a lot of it has songs that almost border on a sexual or a sensual love. God. And we'll go over those songs in a a few seconds. But does that sound like proper worship to you? What about the songs that advocate false doctrines? What about a soundly biblical song sung by those who don't believe or don't follow the Jesus revealed in scripture? These are all things we have to consider if we're going to listen to something. And everybody's saying, oh, Tom, you're splitting hairs. It's just music. I don't believe that's the case. As I said before, music greatly influences our theology and what we listen to and what we believe and then somebody no doubt I actually had somebody say this to me in the past well the stuff on the radio isn't intended as as worship music and i've heard this argument from many people unfortunately at least for me it falls apart because when that song comes on what do you do whether it's imagine your favorite contemporary christian songs what do you do when it comes on the radio or comes on the cd as, as you're playing it in the car you roll down the windows you turn up the thing you might even raise your hand a little bit and you start to praise and you start to worship jesus and there's nothing wrong with that in my book so long as the song is singing to the right jesus and singing about right doctrines and and all of this stuff but what about when the song states wrong doctrine What about no matter, um, you know, how veiled or how subtle that wrong doctrine is? See, here's my whole point. Do you think the word faith movement just exploded overnight? And in some fringes it did. You can look it up in California, I forget the year, but it blew up almost overnight there. But it didn't start overnight. It actually started way back in, gosh, the 1800s with Phineas P. Quimby and even a little bit before him and Mary Baker Eddy and all of those people getting into mysticism and, and all of that stuff, but... That's way off topic. It didn't start overnight. That's my point. It's been slowly creeping in for, uh, you know, hundreds of years almost, maybe 100 years, 60, 70 years at the very earliest. Could Bethel Church have existed in 1940? No. They would have run Bill Johnson out of town on a rail back then. Okay, my point in saying all that is this. Um, as we listen to these songs that espouse false doctrine or bad doctrine, we're letting it creep in. We're letting it slowly shape how we think, slowly shape our theology. And that's why it's important that we're in the word daily, that we're in the word studying to know the God that we profess to love, because everything is going to end up shaping that theology. Everything is going to end up shaping how we believe, how we view um, the God of the universe, music especially, being so emotional and so having the ability to really influence us. So we need to constantly be aware of what we're listening to. So we listen to this song. Let's listen to this song. I'm just going to read the script or the um, the lyrics, and we'll see what it says. Tell me what you think about it. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99, and I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away on the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. No doubt, somebody is going to say, hold on, that's my favorite song. It's on the top, and on the top, it even sounds biblical. Uh, I couldn't earn it. That's true. You cannot earn it. I don't deserve it. Nothing could be more true. That's, that's almost, that is that's that is almost biblical. But is God's love reckless? I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a uh, video by Pastor Gabriel Hughes. He has a YouTube channel called When We Understand the Text. Um, I'm going to put that in the show notes. It goes on to say that reckless, which means without thinking, without caring um, about the consequences. I'm sorry. Um, he goes on to say, Reckless means without thinking or without caring about the consequences of an action. He also goes on to say, and to properly state that God's love is not reckless, but well planned, well thought out, and foreordained. Ephesians 1 5 says, In love he predestined us. That's not reckless, that's with purpose, and a purpose that was in play before the foundations of the world. Verses 1, I'm sorry, Ephesians 1 4 says, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. That's a love that was planned for and certainly not reckless. (laughs) No doubt someone is going to say, Oh, Tom, give me a break. You're just splitting hairs. Am I? It's a theological issue. God's love is clearly not reckless. And if we give it just one point, where do we stop giving? Additionally, And uh, this will probably make a lot more people angry. Most of CCM songs or contemporary Christian music are me, me, me. They are self-centered songs. They're songs that deal with how you feel, what you did, how this or that is to you. In which case, they're just as bad as secular songs because they cause us to focus inward on ourselves, not outward on everyone and everything else. Christianity is not about us. It's not about how we feel or felt. Can we uh, feel? Absolutely. It's a fantastically great thing. Christianity, though, is about Jesus. It's about God. Giving all the glory to God. What is the chief end of man? To glorify God and to joy, enjoy Him forever. Songs that focus on us, on how stuff does or doesn't make us feel, run the risk of making everything about us. And a 2015 study from Eastern University compared the use of God's name in pre-modern and contemporary worship songs. The study found that in pre-modern worship songs referred to God with the names of the Trinity 52% of the time or as God 25% of the time. While contemporary Christian songs refer to God as you 74% of the time. The study also found pre-modern songs use group pronouns such as we or us. As a rate of 50%, while contemporary songs use first person pronouns such as I or me at a rate of 84%. The simple truth is, or the simple study, I'm sorry, the simple study shows a deeper truth. Modern worship songs are self centered, more self centered. Millennials, millennials are so focused on individual needs and personal desires, selfishness has infiltrated worship music. We like to make worship personal. We like to relate God's character to our personal experiences, yet we can't truly know much of God from our own experience. When we hit rock bottom, our experiences won't be enough to build our faith on. That's why we have a varied collections of faith of stories in the Bible. That's why we gather as a church to hear other believers talk about other aspects of God that they experience. And that's why we need worship songs with depth, of language, expansive words, exploring God's character from all sides. Here's another song from the Me, Me, Me camp, Um, as well as the Is This a Christian Song Camp? by Lauren Daigle, or Daigle, I don't know how you say her name. Um, And just to be clear, Lauren uh, doesn't know whether homosexuality is a sin or not. Yet somehow, mind-bogglingly, if that's a word, this song is on the Christian Top 40 Listen to the lyrics, and you tell me if this could be a Christian song or if this could be just a secular song sung to your lover. When the best of me is barely breathing, when I'm not somebody I believe in, hold on to me. When I miss the night, I'm sorry, when I miss the light, the night has stolen. When I'm slamming all the doors you've opened, hold on to me, hold on to me. Hold on to me when it's too dark to see, Oh, when it's too dark to see you. When I am sure I have reached the end, hold on to me. When I forget to need you. When I let go, hold me again. When I don't feel like I'm worth defending, when I'm tired of all my pretending, hold on to me. When I start to break in desperation underneath the weight of expectation, hold on to me, hold on to me. And then it goes on and on and on. Okay, so that is the song by Lauren Daigle. I guess that's her name, Daigle. Again, she doesn't know whether homosexuality is good or bad. Um, don't know how that made it to the top 40. But that just shows the, the shallowness of most contemporary Christian songs. That could be played easily on a secular radio station, and you would know the difference. She could just as easily be singing to her lover as to uh, supposedly to God. Additionally, listen to how selfish the uh the lyrics are now granted uh um, yeah we all need jesus to hold on to us and i believe if we're truly saved he will absolutely never let go that is uh proven in the bible but listen to how selfish the lyrics of this song sound i think they sound in- incredibly selfish and sed- incredibly me focused incredibly inward focused, instead of what Jesus has already done, what the Bible says about Jesus, singing his praises, singing his glory, singing of his magnificence. It's all about me, 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 me. You see, music shapes us. Whether we believe it or not, uh, we associate music with, uh, with things. Couples have their song. Um, sports teams have certain songs that they walk out to, and so on. Music elicits feelings and emotions. that can bring back memories. It uh, makes us smile, laugh, or dance, or cry. Uh, music is a very, very powerful medium. So would it be so unbelievable that the enemy had added it to his arsenal? Little has more ability to bring about uh, more feelings or bring about feelings than music. Most of the modern churches these days, unfortunately, are more about feelings than they are about biblical truth. Uh, I grew up in a, in a church where uh, feelings were signs of how God is using you or working in you. So the more emotional the music, uh, despite the words, whatever the words were, it could lead to a, a more emotional experience, thereby thinking God... Um, did something in that service or was there in that service because it was emotional. This is the one problem I have with the modern church. Everything is experiential. Everything is based on feelings. Um, And before I go too far, is there anything wrong with feelings? Absolutely not. Um, During worship services, I often get get excited and want to shout. But for me, it's because the words of the songs are magnifying Christ. They are... Uh, magnifying what God did. They are, they are magnifying the truth that is uh, in scripture. In today's churches, however, and in churches that I used to attend, the, if the music didn't elicit, uh, or elicit some sort of feelings, uh, we felt disconnected with God, uh, as if there's something must be wrong with us because we didn't feel God that day or didn't feel God today. But uh, please hear me on this. The worship in church is not about you Seriously, it's not. It's singing praises to God, singing praises and worshiping the God of the universe who has called us, saved us, sanctifies us, and will eventually glorify us. But set aside the feelings that the music provokes and listen to her. Better yet, read the words or the lyrics for yourself. If I could say anything about contemporary Christian music, it's almost as if most of the songs, if they didn't tell you it was a Christian song, As I said before, it could be played on a secular uh, station or love song to your significant other. I want you to tell me if you think these songs are appropriate uh, for worship songs or even praise songs. Listen to the lyrics. Is there a way to show the passion in my heart? Can I express how truly great I think you are? My dearest friend, Lord, this is my desire to pour my love on you like oil upon your feet, like wine for you to drink, like water from my heart. I pour my love on you, pour my love on you. If praise is like perfume, I'll lavish mine on you till every drop is gone, I'll pour my love on you. Now my daughter, when I read her that, she said that is a strangely sensual or sexual song. And I agree with her, very weird. Um, That is by Phillips, Craig and Dean, who initially are modalists, and if you don't know what that is, uh, look it up. It is heretical. It denies the uh, doctrines that are clearly put forth in the Bible. Were it not for saying Lord, I would uh, think this is a secular, secular song that had something to do with intercourse. Um, do you think that's appropriate, appropriate to sing? I'm actually kind of embarrassed just to read it. But sadly, sadly there's more. This is song. Like a rushing wind, Jesus breathes within, Lord, have your way, Lord, have your way with me, or have your way in me. Like a mighty storm, like a mighty storm, stir within my soul, Lord, have your way, Lord, have your way in me, Lord, have your way, Lord, have your way in me. Now, I do have to admit, coming from this type of church in the past, I can understand what they're trying to say, but it's still nonetheless a very sensualized song. And sadly, more and more songs are becoming this way. I wish I could find the article. I accidentally deleted everything off my computer. Um, and I lost the link to the uh, to the quote. But a guy that I was reading said that he, before the Lord saved him, used to play in a secular band. And let me see, he played drums in a secular band. And he noted when God saved him that it was only a couple of years till the songs that he used to play sounded exactly like the songs that were being started to be sung in church. He noted that praise and worship songs were a few years behind secular songs in the way they were, meaning more sensual and erotic songs in the sensual world or I'm sorry in the secular world means it won't be long till that invades the church. That is unacceptable and there's multiple reasons behind it but Additionally, people seem more than willing to let a little bad doctrine slide as long as the beat and overall message of the song is good. I remember so many heated discussions uh, with others over this topic, and while I don't remember the songs they were played, Um, there's a radio station in St. Louis that I used to listen to all the time that vomited CCM music like it was candy. Just, uh, Just played it constantly. Um, and I'd always pick the songs apart as I as I listened to them, because many of them had a word faith feel and a word faith terminology to them, and you had to really be listening to the music to hear it, to the music to hear it. Um, but if you're just jiving to the beat, you'd probably go right past it. And I'd point it out, and the other person that I'd always talk to would say, "I don't care, it has a good beat." But you see, you have to ask yourself, what is praise and worship? Praise is a joyful recounting of all that God has done for us for us, and is closely intertwined with thanksgiving. We offer back to God uh, appreciation for his mighty works on our behalf. Worship comes from a different place. Uh, it comes from a different place in our spirits. Worship um, should be reserved for God alone, and worship is the art of losing self in the adoration of another. Uh, Praise can be a part of worship, but worship goes beyond praise. Praise is easy. uh, Worship is not. So, Psalm uh, 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty expanse. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sounds. Praise Him with a harp and lyre. Praise Him with a timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How much of me or I did you hear in that? I think that true praise and true worship comes from a heart of thanksgiving, like I said before. And I think when we really sing out our praise from that place it's going to sound a lot different than modern contemporary Christian music. It's going to come from um, a heart that already knows what Christ has already done, what God has already done. And it's going to come from a place of thanksgiving that just shouts out, thank you, thank you, thank you, not gimme, gimme, gimme. All right, no doubt somebody is going to say, well, Tom just doesn't like guitars or Tom doesn't like rock and roll music or tom doesn't like this type of music he's an old fuddy-duddy and he likes all that old-timey stuff that's absolutely not true at all i don't mind any type of in- instrument or any type of music uh, really there are some exceptions to any type of music but overall i don't mind any type of music because i think that with any type of music you can certainly praise the lord and you can certainly praise god and the one exception i have to that is going to be christian rap um now some christian rap is good i'm not going to bash on all of it but ne- necessarily the uh, or specifically i should say the uh, gangster rap and if you look at the history of rap or the history of gangster rap and it could be rap in general i am no uh, rap history major but it is based on a history or a love of uh denial of authority of lawlessness of of sin and and all that stuff and and when you take worldly things and put them together um with christian words it, it doesn't always mix too well and i wanted to apologize if you're hearing the difference between one uh set of of me talking in another or one clip of me talking in another it's because i'm switching back and forth between microphones going through and editing uh the podcast i'm seeing places where i need to clarify and i don't feel like getting all the other equipment out so i'm just using the um what's it called the condenser microphone that i have on my desk so christianity he has a horrible knack for adapting culture in order to please and attract culture uh, but in doing so, it indelibly changes it into something that has a face like Christianity, but becomes something else entirely. And this isn't just with music. Most modern churches today have removed crosses, they've um, called them offensive. Uh, most modern churches uh, look more like theaters and stages than houses of worship. Biblical doctrine becomes secondary to the relevancy of the teacher, um, you know, and the cooler guy, the better. And now, no doubt, since I said that, someone is going to say, I become all things to all people, uh, quoting you know the Apostle Paul. <sighs> that was First Corinthians nine twenty two. But please look up the exposition of that scripture. Um, in a nutshell, Paul wasn't teaching that to conform to society or culture. Um, As clear as you read throughout Paul's epistles, this wasn't the case. The Bible is as relevant today as it's always been. Music evolves. Music changes. I honestly don't care what genre of music you have. If it can honor and magnify Christ, and you can sing praise of his actions, his truths, his accomplishments, you can do it with pop as easy as you can with old-time hymns. But sadly, this isn't what we see overall. What we see is an overall acceptance of the culture. An acceptance of the the seeker-sensitive movement that says sin, death, repentance, that sort of thing, are all too offensive. And to go on a small rant, it, it needs to be offensive. It should be offensive. When my dad was diagnosed with cancer, it made my mom cry. It was offensive. But ultimately, being diagnosed with that led him to treatment, which gave him many more years with us. You see, hearing that we're sinful people is offensive. Hearing that without Christ, 100% lost and 100% deserving of hell is offensive. Hearing that we need Christ is offensive. That we can't do anything, we don't bring anything to our salvation, that's offensive. That we cannot work and do good things to earn our salvations. You know what, hearing that we are not good people that we think we are, That's offensive. Hearing that a white lie can send you to hell, that's offensive. All liars will have their place in a lake of fire. Honey, do I look fat in this dress? So we've all lied. And why are all these things offensive? Because we're all born God haters. We're all born in sin. We grow up in sin and live so entrenched and so enthralled in sin. It is who we are. But grace, grace says that though you are like this, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. That God before the foundations of the earth saw you, knew you and chose you. That before the earth was even formed, he knew how you would be and that you would hate him, that you in your mocking voice would cry out, crucify him at the foot of the cross. Repentance is offensive because it says that we can't remain in our sins. It says that we must acknowledge what God says about us is true. But Jesus came. Jesus walked among us. Jesus loved more than we could ever have even the ability to love. He lived the perfect life, 100% obedient to the Father. Jesus died on the cross, and he offers the free gift of eternal life. You see, culture skips sin, and they jump right to grace, painting a false picture of Jesus, a painting a picture of a weak, sin-loving Jesus who's more concerned with your happiness than with your holiness. Now, can I say this? Can I say that all Christ- contemporary Christian music songs are bad? Absolutely not, and i've because I've not heard them all, uh some I've heard I actually like, but for the most part, I'm going to be honest, I avoid them like the plague for the reasons that I've stated. I would hope none of the songs that we've listed or that i've I've read to you would ever qualify as uh worship or praise songs. Okay, Tom, well, what should I listen to um since you hate every single song on my playlist? What's good then? I know who I listen to, but music isn't my thing. I'm happy with instrumental music, instrumental Christian music, and I often listen to it, especially if I'm reading or especially if I'm praying. Um, I'm happy with the old-time hymn, but I understand that not all people are like that. So I looked it up, and there's a blog, and I'm going to put the link uh, if I can find it again down in the show notes below. It's uh, called The Mailbag, False Doctrine in Contemporary Christian Music. Okay, in this blog, she mentions two artists um, that I was already familiar with. There's Sovereign Grace Music and Indelible Grace Music. Um, both um I, th- I think have fantastic songs on there. Um there are a little some that are upbeat. Most are going to be probably the slower songs that um sing about you know the truths of scripture. Um, she does uh, put in that a link, and I'm gonna like I said, I'm gonna put the link in the show notes. But I urge you to check out all of these. Uh, people that um, the names show up in this guy's tweet. I'll put the image of the tweet there or the link so you can read that but check him out because one person he recommends is Shia Lynn. Uh, She's a, I believe it's a female Christian rapper and she may be doctrinally sound but I don't know how long that's going to change or that's going to stand because she has embraced wholeheartedly critical race theory and intersectionality and again read Fall Lines by Votie Baucom. Okay, now I was asked about specific bands and specific musical groups, etc., and I would encourage you, uh, everyone, to do their own homework on this. Just for the mere fact that Jesus knows you, you should take the time to get to know Him. Um, I have a bad habit of saying, is this good or bad, and looking for an immediate answer. Do the research. Pray about each and every song if necessary. That way when you have an old fuddy-duddy like me come over and say, oh, you're listening to XYZ. Sorry, it makes me sound very judgmental. Um, You can say, yeah, and I researched them and I found this and listen to how this song magnifies Christ and blah, blah, blah. And you can just put me in my place. All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. It really means a lot that you would take the time out of your busy day, your busy Sunday evening. Um, Happy Mother's Day. I'm recording this on Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to everyone out there, especially my beautiful wife, who graciously gave me the time to be able to record this. It takes about, honestly, about three hours to record it and edit it and everything else. So thank you very much for uh, allowing me to do that. Um, if you have any questions about anything, if this was all over the place, or you just have any questions or concerns, you can go to the Anchor landing page. I believe it's anchor.fm backslash Tom two o eight, and leave a message there. Um, I'll be happy to try to address it as best I can. Again, remember, I am not a pastor, I'm not an elder, I'm not a teacher. This is uh, simply opinion uh, on my part. Uh, I do think there are biblical reasons uh, that I've stated previously in the in the episode. But again, compare absolutely everything I say to Scripture. All right. Thank you very much. God bless. I will talk to each and every one of you next week. Have a great week.